fun to watch. Honest 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Hello, Utah Street. Five, four, three, two, one. Hello and welcome into the Mass and All Access podcast series recaps, everybody. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, Bobby Blanco, who, of course, you know from the Mass and All Access podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in to this first episode of our series recaps series, I guess. Uh, and I'm very excited to bring this to you guys throughout the course of this regular season. It's a new venture for me. I cannot be more excited. Um, I think this is, there is a space for this kind of content um, in the across the DC airwaves and for Nationals fans all over the world uh, who maybe can't catch every single Nationals game um, on TV or on the radio. Um, I know there are a couple other podcasts out there who are breaking down every single game. I know you can, of course, get breakdowns um, from uh, massinsports.com and other outlets, but I I want this to be a a place where Nationals fans can come, get quick recaps of of a a set of games, and then also look forward to the next set of games. Baseball schedule is unique in that way, and that we are dealing with series throughout the course of the regular season. Um, so I'm excited to do this, and I hope you guys enjoy this. Let's get it going. Opening day, of course, was delayed. Um, they had their Nationals had their first four games postponed, all three of them against the Mets, which will be scheduled at a, at a later date, and then, of course, Monday's game against the Braves, which was rescheduled as part of Wednesday's doubleheader. The Nats also had to place 10 injured players, or excuse me, 10 players on the injured list to start the season, nine unspecified but having to do with the COVID-19 outbreak and Will Harris with right-hand inflammation, who we knew would be on the IL to start the season. Of those nine um, on the IL without a specific designation, they were catchers Alex Avila and Jan Gomes, pitchers Brad Hand, Patrick Corbin, and John Lester, infielders Jordy Mercer, Josh Harrison, and Josh Bell, and outfielder Kyle Schwarber, replacing them on the opening day roster. Catchers Jonathan Lucroy, who signed a minor league deal over the weekend on Saturday night and found himself in the opening day starting lineup, and Tress Barrera, along with pitchers Kyle McGowan, Ryan Harper, and Sam Clay, infielders Carter Keboom and Luis Garcia, and outfielders Yadiel Hernandez and Cody Wilson. The Nationals welcomed the Braves, who were 0-3 coming into this series after being swept out of Philadelphia by the Phillies. So let's break it down. Game 1 on Tuesday, opening day. Four o'clock in the afternoon start. Could not have been a more beautiful day at Nationals Park. Uh, of course, opening day pushed back from last Thursday to now Tuesday. The matchup of the game was Max Scherzer versus the top of that Braves lineup. As I mentioned, the Braves uh, were swept out of Philadelphia, and their top four hitters, Ronald Acuna Jr., Ozzy Albies, and the reigning National League MVP, Freddie Freeman, and then Marcelo Zuna, collectively went 3-for-44 with an 068 average, no home runs, and no RBIs over their first three games in Philly, and that changed pretty quickly. Max gave up four solo home runs, all within the first three innings. Acuna and Freeman went in the first. Dansby Swanson added one in the second, and Acuna again went yard in the third inning. Scherzer allowed 30 runs last year. 17 of them came via the home run, so this wasn't a surprise that uh, all four of his runs that he allowed today or on opening day uh, came on solo home runs. Many of his other stats looked really solid and are um, normal for a Max Serzer dominant start. 
But because of the home runs allowed, all solo shots, uh, his overall numbers don't really reflect how well he pitched. After giving up Acuna's second home run, Scherzer retired 12 of 13 Braves He struck out and while striking out six. Uh, Scherzer coming into that game had recorded 10-plus strikeouts in three straight opening day starts from 2018 to 2020. Uh, that was the longest streak of 10K games on opening day in consecutive years by any pitcher, but he was just short of extending it on Tuesday afternoon. His final line, six innings, five hits, four runs on the four solo shots, no walks, which we know Max will be very happy about, uh, and nine strikeouts on 91 pitches and 60 strikes. Uh, if you're checking your Nats bingo card and you had these as your firsts of the season, uh, you are lying and you are uh, make-believe. Hernan Perez had the first hit for the Nationals this season. Jonathan Lucroy, who again was brought up um, to make the opening day start as catcher, it had the first RBIs. He hit a two-run double in the second. And then Trey Turner, I, I could believe this one. He had uh, hit his first home run, hit the Nationals' first home run, a two-run shot in the third to tie the game at 4-4. That was a rocket. That's a fair ball from Lucron. Perez scores. Stevenson coming around. Opening day. Bob Henley sends him. And the Nats have a couple of runs. And Trey hits one deep to left. See you later into the bullpen. His first is the Nats first, and we're tied at four. Of course, it was Jonathan Lucroy's first game with the Nationals, and all he did was catch Max Scherzer and drive in the season's first run. So uh, impressive outing for him in his first appearance with the Nationals. Kyle Finnegan came in on relief of Max Scherzer in the seventh and got into a jam. He eventually gave up the go-ahead run on a ground-out chopper by Acuna, that featured a fantastic pick at uh, first base from Ryan Zimmerman to get an out and not let uh, any more runs score. An important moment in this game as uh, we progress through uh, what else happened in the later innings. The Nats had a chance to get back at it in uh, after the stretch. Andrew Stevenson single, back-to-back walks with two outs, by the way, by Carter Keeboom and Victor Robles. Uh, but Trey Turner flied out to right to end the inning, leaving the bases loaded and keeping the Nats down by one. The Nats loaded the bases again in the eighth with one out by singles from Ryan Zimmerman and Starling Castro, plus a walk by Hernan Perez. Andrew Stevenson scored the, tri- the tying run with an infield single that kept the bases loaded, but that's all the Nats could muster at that point. In comes Daniel Hudson to put up a scoreless ninth inning with two strikeouts and a walk. Now, this is where things got a little weird and hectic. It was a weird sequence where the Braves' Christian Pache hit a what looked like to be a foul ball, but it was called a home run. The umpire crew got together, reversed it to a foul ball, which was then challenged by Braves manager Brian Snitker and, and was finally upheld as foul. So Pache, after running the bases and getting into the dun- dugout, goes back to the uh, the dish, uh, and Daniel Hudson promptly strikes him out on the next pitch. To the bottom of the ninth, and this is where things got a lot of fun for the Nationals and the hometown team. Victor Robles led off with a single to start the inning. Trey Turner was hit by a pitch to move Robles into scoring position. And up comes Juan Soto, facing his old nemesis from last year, Bray's lefty, lefty reliever, Will Smith. Um, and sorry, and but not sorry for the pun, Soto got jiggy with it. Uh, he got up 3-0, and he had the greenest of lights with uh, hitting a sharp line drive to center field, scoring Robles from second, and walking off the Braves, sending Nats Park into a frenzy. He rips it! It's up the middle! 
Victor Robles comes around third, and the Nationals walk off the Braves on opening day. Juan Soto hit that ball 115.3 miles per hour off of his bat. That's the hardest hit batted ball of his career. And oh boy, was he waiting for it. With us from the field, congratulations on the game-winning hit. Hey, uh, tell us about the at-bat. It went to 3-0. and There were some easy takes. And were you just totally geared up for 3-0 and to put the ball game to an end? Uh, for me, the bat starts in the inning start. I just try to think. Forget about everything else. Forget about how I've been swinging the bat in the day. Just try to concentrate on the real important bat and just try to make a really good swing. Hey, Juan, how important to you guys, and you're hearing from your fans right now, and uh, well done for acknowledging them. How great is it to finally play in front of fans back in our ballpark here? Oh, my God, that's, that's really cool. It's crazy how, how these this fans is so loud now. It feels... It feels weird, but it feels good to be back and have these guys here again. Juan, that's the most excited I've seen you since the wild card game when you got the base hit. That was fun to watch. Great job. Was there any doubt about a 3-0 green light when you stepped in the box 3-0? Oh, hell no. I'm <laughs> swinging the whole time. I'm swinging. If you throw it right there, I'm going to swing. All right, Juan, you guys are undefeated. Go enjoy your teammates. Thank you. To wrap up the box score of this 6-5 Nationals victory, Andrew Stevenson reached base three times. He was 2-4 for four with an RBI, a run scored, and reached base on an error, which probably should have been recorded as a base hit for him. Ryan Zimmerman had two base hits in his first game back at Nationals Park to start his 16th season with the Nationals. Victor Robles finished 1-3. for three. He scored two runs and had two walks from the leadoff spot, which is a great sign for him. Dave Martinez will be sure to take that from his leadoff man every single time. Juan Soto, he started 0-4 for 4 with a strikeout before his walk-off RBI single uh, that gave the Nationals the 6-5 victory. Daniel Hudson was charged with the victory. Uh, A.J. Minter was charged with the blown save on the Brave side, and Will Smith charged with the loss. Also to mention, Wander Swear and Kyle McGowan had two, had, both had scoreless outings um, in their season debuts for the Nationals. Game two of this series was the first of Wednesday's doubleheader. Of course, both games seven innings. It was just as eventful as opening day, but this one didn't go the Nats' way as they end up falling to the Braves uh, uh, from a score of seven to six. Eric Fetty got to start in this game, and Steven Strasburg elected to start game two of the doubleheader. Uh, and Fetty struggled from the get-go. In the top of the first, he loaded the bases by surrendering a leadoff double to Ronald Acuna Jr., intentionally walking Freddie Feeman and walking Marcel Ozuna on seven pitches. A pass ball by catcher Jonathan Lucroy allowed Acuna to score, but that was it for the first frame for uh, for Eric Fetty. In the bottom of the frame, the Nats sent nine batters to the plate to take a 4-1 lead off Braves right-hander, right-handed starter Max Freed. Victor Robles singled. Trey Turner hit a two-run home run. Juan Soto walked. Ryan Zimmerman doubled. Starling Castro hit an RBI single. Hernan Perez struck out. Andrew Stevenson hit a sack fly. Jonathan Lucroy singled, and then Eric Fetty struck out to end the inning. But what goes around comes around. The Braves came right back and sent nine to the plate of their own to knock out Fetty from the game and take a 6-4 to four lead. Eric Fetty's final line, six hits, six runs, only five earned, three walks, one strikeout on 45 pitches, 27 strikes. Not this outing that the uh, young starter wanted to get in his first uh, outing of uh, the 2021 regular season. The Nats were able to add one back in the bottom of the second off another uh, Castro RBI single. And then from the third to the end of the sixth inning, the two teams combined for just one single. 
by Acuna, one walk by Juan Soto, and a Victor Robles hit by pitch, and that was it for base runners from that from those uh, handful of innings in the middle of the game. The Braves were able to add one more in the top of the seventh on a wild pitch from Wander Suero. The Nats were able to get that one back in the bottom of the seventh and had a chance again to tie the game or walk it off against Will Smith, but Andrew Stevenson grounded out into a game-ending double play for a 7-6 final. The box score, Eric Fetty was charged with the loss, Josh Tomlin the win, and Will Smith the save. Robles went 1-for-3 with a run scored. Turner 2-for-4 with a two-run homer. Soto walked three times and scored three runs. Zimmerman had another two-hit game. Castro went 3-for-4 with three RBIs. And Cody Wilson made his major league debut with a pinch-hit appearance. Out of the bullpen, Kyle McGowan pitched one and a third perfect innings of relief of Eric Fetty. Sam Clay made his own major league debut uh, with just one hit and two strikeouts and an innings worth of work. Kyle Finnegan struck out the side in his perfect inning of work. And Luis Avilon put up another zero while facing the minimum. Game three was Wednesday's nightcap and series finale. The Nationals had gone 12 straight doubleheaders without getting swept. But that streak came to an end with a 2-0 loss in the second game. But it was not because of Steven Strasburg, who was absolutely stellar in his first start of the season. His final line, six innings pitched, no runs, one hit, two walks, eight strikeouts on 85 pitches. He retired the last 10 batters he faced. He also hit a double at the plate. He's the only active pitcher in the majors who's hit at least 10 doubles and allowed fewer than 250 in his career. It was also his first start throwing five or more shutout innings on one or fewer hits since July 3rd, 2016 against the Cincinnati Reds. And this was also the sixth time in his career he's done accomplished such a feat, uh, including the postseason. The only problem was the other guy was just as good. Oscar Enoa started a bullpen game for the Braves. He went five scoreless innings with just two hits, a walk, and five strikeouts. He had never previously completed more than four innings, and this was just the second time in 13 career appearances he completed more than three innings. David Martinez said after the game, Enoa just attacked the strike zone to throw off the Nats hitters. They did have a chance to break the scoreless tie in the bottom of the sixth inning when Victor Robles walked, stole second base, and advanced to third, but the Nats couldn't drive him in. Meanwhile, the Braves struck in the bottom of the seventh inning, with Tanner Rainey replacing Steven Strasburg and making his first appearance of the season. Rainey got two quick flyouts to start the inning, and it looked like we're going to go to extras. But after a Dan's B. Swanson single, Pablo Sandoval crushed a 95-mile-per-hour fastball left over the plate for a 2-0 lead. After the game, Rainey said it was just a lack of execution, and he physically felt fine. He just couldn't get the fastball to elevate enough on Sandoval. Uh, Sean Newcomb came in to strike out the side in the bottom of the inning to preserve the 2-0 win for the Braves. Looking at the box score, Tanner Rainey was charged with the loss, Luke Jackson the win, uh, and Sean Newcomb recorded the save for the Braves. Not much was going offensively for the Nats in this second game. They only mustered two hits in the nightcap, one from Juan Soto and the double by Steven Strasburg. Victor Robles, however, did draw two more walks. He has now reached base in 7 of 12 plate appearances to start the season for a 583 on on-base percentage. Coming up next, the Nats head out west to take on the defending World Series champion Dodgers in their opening home series. Let's take a look at the opposite dugout. The Los Angeles Dodgers are managed by Dave Roberts, who is in his sixth season at the helm in L.A., they are 5-2 to start the season. They finished last year 43-17, the best record in baseball, and of course, eventual World Series champs. Beating the Rays in six games, they will be raising their banner before Friday's game 
which is LA's home opener. This is their first meeting against the Nationals this year, of course. The Dodgers won the regular season series 4-3 to back in 2019. The two teams, of course, did not play back in 2020. But the Nationals got revenge by winning their National League Division Series matchup in five games en route to their own World Series title in 2019. The pitching probables, not too much is known at this time before the start of this series, as I am recording this on Thursday night. Right-handed pitcher Joe Ross is the only known starter for the Nationals. He'll take the ball on April 9th at Dodger Stadium. He'll face right-handed pitcher Walker Bueller. That is a 4.10 p.m. Eastern start time on Masson 2 and MLB Network on April 10th, Saturday. Again, TBD for the Nationals. He'll face whoever it is, left-handed pitcher Julio Urias, a 9-10 start on Masson 2. And then the Sunday finale, both TBD for both teams, 410 start, Masson 2, MLB Network if you're out of the Masson Nationals market. Um, let's go inside the Dodgers. After losing 8-5 to on opening day to the Rockies in Colorado, the Dodgers ripped off five straight wins, not just outscoring opponents, but more than doubling up the Rockets, the Rockies and Athletics 36-17. to It would have been six straight if not for Kenley Jensen, who couldn't protect a 3-2 lead on Wednesday in Oakland. He gave up the tying run in the ninth, which led to a blown save and an eventual 4-3 walk-off win for the A's in 10 innings. But nonetheless, the Dodgers are 5-2, off to a roaring start to defend their title, which shouldn't be a surprise given this Dodgers lineup is absolutely unbelievable. Mookie Betts, Mookie Betts excuse me, Corey Seager, Justin Turner, Cody Bellinger, Max Muncy, Chris Taylor, Gavin Lux. That was the top three batters in their opening day lineup. They all recorded a hit. Most of them two hits. Of course, this is a very left-handed heavy lineup. Something to keep in mind if the Nationals are still without Patrick Corbett and Brad Hand this weekend. But don't be surprised if you don't see former MVP Cody Bellinger suiting up this weekend. Dave Roberts said Bellinger is day-to-day after tests on his injured calf showed no structural damage or fractures on Tuesday. He did miss the last two games of the Dodgers' opening road trip after he got hurt when he was spiked by A's reliever Raymin Goudouin on Monday while beating out an infield, singer in the ninth, infield single in the ninth inning. Mookie Betts, a former MVP in his own right, has his status in question as well. He missed Saturday's game in Colorado and was out for Wednesday's finale in Oakland with a stiff lower back. But if they are in the lineup, they make it all the more dangerous. Dangerous Booth Betts, excuse me, Betts is sporting a 348 average with a 1030 OPS. Max Munzee is hitting 375 with a 1156 OPS. Corey Seager leads the team with a 423 average and is sporting a 1070 OPS. Justin Turner, 346 and 977. Gavin Lux, 333 and 870. Chris Taylor, 357 and 1091. Bellinger, if he can play, is only bringing a 211 average with an OPS around 650. Uh, But those are staggering, absolutely bonkers numbers. Uh, this team, this lineup scores runs. They score him in heaps. Um, it, it is a tough offense to uh, get a hold of and, and keep off the scoreboard. On the mound, right-hander Walker Bueller will make his second start of the season to start the series. In his first outing last Saturday in Colorado, Bueller went six innings while giving up two runs on four hits, including a homer, while striking out four and issuing no walks. He threw 90 pitches, 57 strikes in the no decision. Remember, Bueller pitched really well against the Nationals in the 2019 NLDS. It wasn't until after he was removed from those games that the Dodgers ran into some trouble. In the regular season in his career against the Nats, Bueller is 0-1 with a 338 ERA 
In three games, two of them starts. He's also 11-4 and four with a 2-4-6 ERA in his career at Dodger Stadium. Left-hander Julio Urias will get the second start as he shifts back to a more prominent role in the Dodgers rotation after spending most of the 2019 season in the bullpen. He had a career day on his in his first start of the season on Sunday against the Rockies, completing seven innings, the longest outing of his career. He gave up just one run, three hits, and one walk while striking out six on just 79 pitches, 59 strikes. He is 0-0 with a 2.25 ERA in three games, two starts in his career against the Nats, and 7-5 with a 3.05 ERA in his career at Dodger Stadium. Again, Sunday's Dodger starter is unclear, though it could be right-hander Dustin May, who last pitched on Monday, or future Hall of Famer Clayton Kershaw, who pitched Tuesday in Oakland. Dustin May struck out eight and gave up just two walks and two hits in six scoreless innings in his season debut against the A's. He has never faced the Nationals in the regular season in his career, but gave up a run, three hits, and a walk with a strikeout in three and a third innings over games two and four of the 2019 NLDS. He also has a 2.38 ERA in 11 games at Dodger Stadium. Kershaw had a rough start to his 14th season in L.A. He gave up six runs, five earned, and 10 hits with only two strikeouts while taking the loss on opening day against the Rockies, but he bounced right back, striking out eight over seven innings of one one run ball against the A's. He is a staggering 12-3 with a 2.23 ERA in his career against the Nationals, but everyone will remember the loss in Game 2 and the blown save in Game 5 of the 2019 NLDS. Not shockingly, he is really good at Dodger Stadium as well. 94 and 37. Yes, 94 wins with a 2.16 ERA in his home ballpark. Out of the bullpen, Kenley Jensen will be the one everyone keeps an eye on, but like I said, he's coming off his first blown save of the season where he just simply could not find the strike zone. Old friend Blake Trinan also finds himself in the Dodgers' pen. He gave up two hits and two runs and a home run and two innings of work so far this season. Left-hander Scott Alexander and right-hander Corey Knable have each pitched two and a third scoreless innings, and veteran David Price has had a rough go of it to start his comeback season. Remember, he sat out the 2020 campaign due to the COVID-19 pandemic. He has given up five runs on nine hits and three home runs in just three and two-thirds innings to start the season. Dodger Stadium will be at 33% capacity this weekend, which means about 18,480 fans will be in attendance to welcome home the world champs and see them raise their World Series banner. It's been an exciting first series of Nationals baseball. I know they went 1-2 and two against the Braves, but it was still exciting to have the Nationals back uh, playing uh, at Nationals Park. This weekend series should be just as good, Should be sure to tune in on Mass and 2 all weekend long. Uh, Bob and FP and Dan will have the call for you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Mass on All Access podcast series recap. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the Mass on All Access podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check out our live episodes weekly on the Mass and Nationals Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube accounts. Be sure to give them a follow and stay up to date with Mark Zuckerman on MassInsports.com. I'm at Bobby underscore Blanco on Twitter. Be sure to give me a follow. Send any questions, comments, concerns you have about the podcast my way. I really appreciate all the great feedback. Thank you so much again for tuning in. Next episode will drop after the Dodgers series and before the Nats head to St. Louis on Monday. Until then, enjoy the games, and we'll talk to you later.